This is Brody Sports Podcast on TSPN Radio. I'm your host, Alex Yanez, and I'm here to bring you everything you need to know about the daily sports. Let's first start off with some football. Honestly, let's get into the main point that these quarterbacks want too much money nowadays. And yes, today's going to be a lot about quarterbacks because I want to, I want to just touch in on Dak Prescott's deal. Just, he want, he's asking for $30 million. Even if he's asking for $25, $22 million, I still think it's too much. Because when you look at people like Tom Brady, and he was able to build a great, 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 great um, franchise around him, I know the front office had a lot to do with it, too. But, like, Tom Brady was able to take a pay cut, and it helped them get more, be able to get more key assets and spend a little bit more money that money that other teams didn't have the means to because, like, Phil Berber is costing so much money, you know, and Aaron Rodgers, like, he has no one to throw to or no one to block for him because he's costing the whole freaking team salary. You know, I'm being a little facetious in that. And, you know, of course, Aaron Rodgers is a baller, and he deserves it. But I still feel that when you look at someone like that, it doesn't make sense. One for six against playoff teams was a 7-2 versus non-playoff teams last year. Do you know what you call that type of quarterback? Even if he had a great season stat-wise, do you know what you call that type of quarterback? An average QB. And honestly, who someone I always – compared him to was Andy Dalton. And I love that Andy Dalton went and signed with the Cowboys, and then we can finally see how that all plays out. It's for myself, I've always wondered who's better, Andy Dalton or Dak Prescott, because, I don't know, for some reason, I always just, I've always just, I feel like they're the same level for me. Moving on, Melvin Gordon calls out his old Chargers team, basically saying no one's going to be showing up into your big stadium. Even if you have a big stadium, no one's going to be there. And sadly, I've been to Chargers games, and it's true. Ever since we left San Diego, and even when we were at San Diego, yeah, we couldn't fill Qualicum Stadium, which was their old stadium in San Diego. But now, no one in Los Angeles likes the Chargers. Like, some people on ESPN have pointed out that there's more people showing up to these MLS soccer games than Chargers football games. So on the LA side, you know, like supporting the Chargers. The other teams show up, like the Broncos showed up when they played them. The Bears showed up when they played them. So it's always the Chargers fan base is it's a really scary situation for them because it's so slim. They need a, maybe Justin Herbert's the truth. Who's, We'll see. But, I don't know. Sadly, it's true. And the next quarterback topic that I really am excited to get into is, and I'm going I'm to break these up throughout the podcast episodes, but this week we're going to focus on the AFC West. That is Russell Wilson, Jared Goff, Kyler Murray, and Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo. Of course, these were about to say, my question is about to be, who would you choose, right? I, of course, Russell Wilson, he's proven himself. He's an awesome, awesome competitor. And, like, when you look at the stats compared to these other quarterbacks, he's just a baller. He's a baller in every situation. So, he, we're, I'm going to exempt him. Y'all could fight over it, whatever, but he already won. Okay, so now we're just going for second, third, and fourth, basically. But we're going to be for second, third. He goes, Russell Wilson's not even in the question. 
First, we're going to get into Jared Goff. Jared Goff has taken his team to the Super Bowl. In his first two seasons, he seemed to show growth, that he was going to be a legit quarterback in the NFL. And then all of a sudden, this past year, he he just moved so far backwards, it's, it's appalling almost. And yeah, everyone can have a bad season, but even his coach, Sean McVay, goes, he needs to get better at his decision-making, he needs to get better at locking onto the receivers, his accuracy, and the reading the defense, the defense. So truthfully, when I'm hearing this interview that Sean McVay is bringing out, I'm like, oh, so he's basically saying he needs to get better at everything. And, you know, we could take with what we think on that. But that's why he's going to go not my quarterback of the future at all. And next, we will go and touch in on Jimmy G. Jimmy Garoppolo is a baller. Um, I'm more saying that for his off-field antics with, you know, little porn stars or whatever that he gets into, but he's a baller. All right. He has a cool chiseled face. It's nice. But on the field, again, okay, let's start it off. He took his team to the Super Bowl, even though that Super Bowl, I mean, that team was really, really stacked. And he played terrible in the Super Bowl. So I don't even know if you want to take with that. Um, and, you know, like, he got, he has to get better at throwing down, like, long balls. He has to get better at throwing down the field. Because right at, at, at this moment, I just do not have faith in – in the Super Bowl, like, you know, I remember when he threw that overthrew Emmanuel Sanders in the Super Bowl. That's all that's playing in my head right now. And then when he closed his eyes and threw the ball up and caused the interception that caused him points in the Super Bowl. Like, those two things are huge deals in my eyes. That's why, yeah, he's a baller off the field, but on the field, I'm not going to say it. But Kyler Murray. Now, this guy, this guy had a rookie year to remember. In my opinion, Kyler was much, much more than anyone could expect to be in, like, what he had as with the Cardinals in his first year. Now, guess what? They went in Brian and gave him Hopkins, who maybe could be seen as the best wide receiver in the league. Now, Kyler Murray has Hopkins with those two. Like, coming from the Texans really was a steal of a you know, trade. Um, I think it's going to make him that much better. And, that, you know, I've always loved Cliff Kingsbury. He's going—he's a phenomenal head coach. I loved what he did at Texas Tech. And I think he's going to help make Kyler Murray that much better and take him to the next level that I would love him to see, like, you know, the Lamar Jackson level. Um, and, like, they definitely have that new type of NFL, like that new swagger. Um, it's just it's, – I love to see the new wave coming in. Um, to me, he's young. He decided to shoot football over baseball, and he has something to prove. You know, like, him doing that shows that, okay, I'm here. I'm ready to show y'all that I made this decision for not one because I believe in myself, but I want to, you know, go show that football can be a sport to continue to invest in, even if there are head injuries, et cetera. So, cool. Um, so, with all that, obviously, I would choose Kyler Murray just because, yeah, maybe it's because I don't have enough seasons to go and be like, oh, I don't trust him that. But I just, he's exciting. He's the exciting factor in my opinion. Now, let's go and talk about your boy, Baker Mayfield. I loved Baker in college. I love that when he got drafted, he went and copied Brett Favre. But what I don't love, he's like I said, 
you could be a baller off the field and get me going in all those ways, but if you're not producing on the field to the NFL standards of like a Tom Brady, a Drew Brees, of Phil Rivers, you know, like the consistency, you know, it just makes it that much harder for me to invest in it. And yeah. My question is, do you consider him a bust? Is this is he on the verge of a bust? What what and what makes someone a bust? That's that's what I'm trying to like digest right now and figure out. Because when I'm looking back and sitting at it, twenty two touchdowns, twenty one interceptions, like Jameis Winston is struggling. Well, he's back over Drew Brees now, but he couldn't find no starting role when he had more interceptions and touchdowns, even if it was appalling numbers, you know, because James Winston balled out last year. What Baker so far has shown is that he really can't – I can say this to you. I want to see what he does this next year. But so far, I don't know. I don't think he can make it in the NFL. And it's not even about so much his height. It's just he's very slow. And I know Drew Brees is balling out, but like I said – some people just have it, and I feel like some people don't. But 1759 out, outside the pocket, and that's a lot to do with the, you know, the lack of speed. If you, every single time you're just and you're rolling out to your left or right, and you're getting chased down by the defensive end, 17 out of 59 times, he just, you know, I hope he's taking this, you know, pandemic to boss up and you know be the person that I know Baker can be. Like I'm not trying to be, oh poor Baker, poor this, but. I would like to see 25 touchdowns with less than 10 interceptions this next year. If he could do that, I'd be like, all right, Baker, you're you're here. Odell messes with you. Jarvis messes with you. All right, cool, we got you. So yeah, that's 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 the hot take on that because that's you know it's whatever. Next, I want to talk about some basketball, basketball, basketball. According to Adrian Wojnarowski, NBA is coming back. And they're coming together to create a deal. The league office has made already the proposal um, has come through, but the proposal was sharing with the team owners to have a 22-team return to play in Orlando beginning on July 31st. 13 of the teams will be coming from the Western Conference and nine from the Eastern Conference. And a potential playoff in, in the, like a playoff tournament type if the ninth seed is four games within the eighth seed, basically they're going to play, I think, like six to ten games, regular season games. Um, and then if down the line the ninth seed is within four four um, games, they'll play a playoff-type tournament. Cool thing. But with that, it's um, the eighth seed – well, it's going to be basically more for the eighth seed because the ninth seed has to win two games and the eighth seed only has to win one. So it's it makes it more exciting for the ninth seed and a little bit hope and make you know just to make it so these past like last fifteen games or ten games that they played during the regular season, air quotes that it you know oh we're fighting for the ninth eighth seed and make that tournament so. I think that's pretty cool. Um, next, I want to talk a little bit about my boy James Harden. You know, I see on Twitter he's writing out little baby, little baby. Sorry if I said that wrong. Um, 
on dirt bikes and ATVs, which around Houston, which I think is awesome. Um, but with that, he's also, his teammates have said that he's lost 20 pounds during this pandemic. And that's awesome. I think it's going to make him so much faster, especially on the defensive side of things, because he really needs, like, he's a baller. I think he should got MVP last season. It's some great ABS that he didn't. But I do think if he takes that defensive sizing to the elite level, oh, my gosh, my boy James Harden is going to be looked at superior. So that's what I want. That's what we're striving for. And I know that's why he's losing this way. He's like, all right, I need to be able to go from side to side, blocks, you know, just be able to be more agile in general. So I love that for him. And then a little bit more that I want to talk about, which I just, you know, the fantasy world. And me and my brother were going on and talking about, oh, who are your favorite players? Not who you think is the best at the position or, you know, any of that. But my starting five that I would just love to see go together would be Steph Curry at point guard. You know, I've loved Steph Curry ever since at Davidson, that boy was meant for this and sucks to see his wrist go down but I think it's perfect cover up for you know Clay to come back. It's just like it's what we want to see. Alright, so Steph Curry point guard. Boom, boom, coming in. Shooting guard. Dwayne Wade. Yes sir. You see his hair right now, it's red. He brazy with it. So I've always loved Dwayne Wade. He had a huge cultural impact on me, on me playing basketball just He's he's a baller. He is Mr. 305. Love Dwayne Wade. So, next. <laughs> I love it. Kelly Oubre Jr. is going to be right next to Dwayne Wade coming in. You know, I just – Kelly's got the size to be able to pick up on the defenders, be like, try me, and then go up on the other side of the court and be boom with the dunk. So, yeah, I love Kelly Oubre. He's going to bring the drip to the team, and you know, I already talked about being a baller off the field. He's going to bring all the baller status along with my boy, KG. Just imagine Kelly Oubre Jr. and Kevin Garnett playing together. Like, just that tough bulldog mentality, like, don't with me. I say bulldog because I got attacked by a bulldog when I was 12. You know, they tough, they real, real. And I just, yeah, that would be awesome, and I've always respected Kevin Garnett. And if you just watch him in his new Adam Family movies, just, yeah, it tops it all off. And then I was, like, really thinking about this, because I'm like, do I respect centers? Who would my center be? And, you know, I could go with Hakeem the Dream. I could go with all these other players. But then I really thought about it. I'm like, you know what? The person who impacts me the most is Shaquille O'Neal. That man, to this Hey, I see Shaq every single day. And even, like, when I go back and look at his highlights, and, yeah, even you, you, if you didn't know, you could go on YouTube and there's all footage of games. You can see Shaq destroying the competition. Um, I'll just, yeah. So it would be Steph Curry, Dwayne Wade, Kelly Oubre Jr., Kevin Garnett, and then Shaq. Just imagine. Imagine that team. <laughs> that would be crazy. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So, <laughs> I just feel like I want to kind of get your guys' impact. Like, what would y'all, who would y'all choose? What would your starting five be? And I'm not even trying to say, like, who's the best at their position. It's just, like, who impacted you? Who who did you look at them and you're like, oh, 
that's how you play that position. You know, that's what I'm, that's really the question is that, man. And a little bit more news, we're going to talk about some baseball. So Major League is really, the MLB baseball is really going through it right now because they're trying to do these prorated salaries for the players, and the players are like, uh, why would I even do that? So my major league, major financial cuts have been proposed to the Major League Baseball. These numbers are something to really look at, honestly. The proposed salary cuts most obviously would be going towards the richest players. Like, they're heavily getting affected by this with, like, so I'll just throw Mike Trout out there, who was supposed to make $35 million this year. Under the proposal, he would only make $7.8 million to play half the season of baseball. Put that in perspective, okay? It's not even a half, half um, it's not even that many games. It's just, Mike Trout has been used to making that much money for, you know, a long time. He's signed his contract. So just for him to go from $35 million to 7.8, a lot of us normal folks, if I had 7.8, how much was it, $7.8 million, I would be going crazy. Not really. I'd be investing and doing the proper things. But I could understand why they're so pissed off, especially the agents, um, the agents of these players who are like, no, no, you don't have to do this. So... This isn't going to be a 162-game season. So the players didn't expect to make the full amount of salary. But what the players really wanted was they wanted a prorated amount of their salary. So if Mike Trout is to play 80 games, he's wanting half of his salary, which would be $17 million. But because how they have it set up, he, with the more prorated, really they're only making... Um, like 25, well, 27%, you know, what their normal salary would be, you know, that's, when you do that math, you're like, wow, and by no means, like my mother said, go give me $7.8 million, I'll go put on some cleats, you know, so I do think they're a little overreacting in that, I don't know how much they have to, like, how much leverage they have because if you really think about it the owners if they go into it it affects all of them if they go into a um a lockout and that's basically what does that do for anyone that doesn't no one wants that as a fan nobody wants that as an owner no one wants that as you know being in the front office and the players definitely don't want that because they get rusty i don't i don't know any type of player who just wants to take a whole season off Unless you're, like, 14 seasons in, you know. But I really – I just don't think it's a good idea. That, and the MLB Player Association turned it down. Like, they they don't want this um, deal. So it's very interesting to see what comes next. I know MLB is, like, really not trying to, like, make this a very drawn-out thing, but – when it comes to money, you really gotta, you really have to figure out every single aspect of what's going on. And you have to understand the players want to protect their money. The owners want to protect their franchises and their, um, their team. So they really, 
You don't want to mess with the owner's money, you know? You saw how Hopkins got traded like that when Hopkins wanted more money from the Texans, so I don't think it's a good idea. But that's all I have for today. I um so grateful to be here. My brother could not join today. He doing some family emergencies. Um, thank you. Sign off. Thank you for listening to Brodu Sports Podcast. Uploads every Sunday. The podcast can be streamed on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Show's Instagram is Brodu Sports. Thank you, and we'll catch you next week.